Welcome to episode 40 of the Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are simply my observations, my opinions, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. This episode is entitled, The Train is Back on the Track. As the Honey Mustangs traveled this past Friday night down to Jackson, Tennessee, and defeated the Southside Hawks in Jackson, 41-13, to and almost duplicated a score that they posted last year against the Hawks, in which they won over the Southside Hawks, 44-13 to at Huntingdon. And uh, after an opening season loss to the McKenzie Rebels, uh, 34-12 in, in week zero, I think is what they call it now, because, you know, they've changed all of that up because every team gets an open date. At some point, our open date is not until the first week in October. So uh, I think they call it week zero and then go through 11 weeks. But anyway, the Mustangs uh, are now one in one on the season and not sure how the schedule will be next year because Uh, The regions, I think, will remain the same, but you negotiate, if you want to put it that way in this term, or use this term, uh, you negotiate your non-region games, and that's what Southside was. Uh, You negotiate your non-region games every two years. So the question will remain next year, and I'm sure that uh, it's usually around November, I think, or sometime in that neighborhood when they uh, actually set the schedules for next year and what they'll do. This November is they will set the region schedules and or the region contest and mark the dates on the calendars. And usually it's the even weeks or or uh, yeah, and it would be uh, that, I think, because I think week zero may be the jammer. But anyway, it's whatever it is uh, this week coming up this Thursday night as we'll play at home and we'll get to that in a little bit. But that will be set as a a region week all the way across the state. So all teams, if you have enough teams in your region, will play a region game on that date or that week. And uh, But you set those region games every other week, I think. And and depending on the size of your region, again, you might have back-to-back region weeks. But in most cases, they stagger them. And uh, they'll set those first, and then they'll fill in uh, the non-region opponents. And, of course... You know, in the past, our non-region opponents uh, had traditionally been, well, McKenzie was. I mean, they used to be in our region. They will kind of go back and forth whether or not they are and whether or not they aren't. And uh, that could change if they reclassify or that could change if they go to four classes like has been rumored that they might do in a couple of years. But until then, McKenzie will remain a non-region game. Uh, this past week, Southside was a non-region game. Now, uh, Milan is a non-region game on our schedule. So is Riverside. Uh, And so on down the line, Trenton, another team that we'll play later on. But those games will have to be, next year, will have to be renegotiated whether or not you can fit those in in your schedule. And it doesn't always work the way you think it should. I mean, you, you go, wow, we just play Milan every year. But Milan might have a region game and the only date that we can play them. Or we might have a region game and the only date available for us to play them. I mean, you have to play those region games first, so that kind of dictates some of that. But I know Milan and McKenzie, 
I guarantee you they will try to work that out with them. Whether or not we play Southside next year remains uh, an open question. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get into the game Friday night. And I've mentioned on prior podcasts as this is a young football team, the Huntington Mustangs. They're a very young football team. I think right now they only have six seniors and not all of those see a substantial amount of playing time. So you're having to depend on underclassmen to win football games. And in the case Friday night against Southside, you had a combination of both of that. You had a couple of senior players that really stood out in my mind. And you also had some underclassmen that really stood out Friday night. Well, let's start at the top. Every round, every football team. I don't care where you, how, how often you play, when you play, whatever the case may be. But you have that situation of the quarterback normally is your best player. And I think that is the case with the Huntington Mustangs. You can say, like, if you go back to the McKenzie game, you can talk about uh, Jackson Cassidy being the best player on McKenzie's football team. A lot of people will tell you, no, 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 that's not true. The most talented player and the best player is Marquez Taylor. And some of that is truthful. But here's what I'm getting at. You take Jackson Cassidy off McKenzie's football team, will they be as good? I argue that they will not. And although Marquez Taylor is the most talented, it starts a lot at their quarterback position. And I really believe that is the situation as far as you're talking about Huntington Mustangs. Because Gray Eubanks is another one of those underclassmen that I mentioned at the start of this podcast that the Mustangs are depending on to win football games. Well, he's up to the task. This Friday night against Southside, Gray Eubanks 21 carries, which is a lot for a quarterback. But he gained 215 yards. And I think he had like 100 and something yards just in the third quarter alone. So, you know, here is a kid that is 5'9", maybe 5'10", maybe. Uh, He's thick, but he's tough as nails. Uh, One of these days, Gray Eubanks' name is going to be written on somebody's baseball lineup or on their roster because he's a very, very good baseball player. But he's also a very good football player. Uh, I use that old analogy that if you look up in the Webster's Dictionary, of course, you're not really going to find this if you open up a Webster's Dictionary, if you turn and try to find Huntington football in a Webster's Dictionary, you know, realistically you're not. But the analogy is, if you could, you would find a picture of kids like Gray Eubanks. There's a lot of other names I could attach to that over the years that uh, definitely would fit that. But Gray Eubanks' picture would be amongst all those. That's how good of a football player he is. But 215 yards and 21 carries Friday night against Southside. Not only that, he also completed four of six passes for 81. 
So the Mustangs had 480 yards total offense Friday night against Southside. And Gray Eubanks accounted for 295 yards by himself. 296 yards. I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong number. But that's a pretty good night for a quarterback. I don't care who it is. So would this Mustang football team be as good without Gray Eubanks? I'd argue no. Uh, he's, I think he's that good, and he's just a sophomore. Keep him injury-free, and uh, his name is going to be – his name's going to be talked about a lot over the years. But he's not the only Mustang that had a great game. We've talked about over the last couple of years and last year on this podcast, Elijah Flowers. Elijah Flowers has been a standout on the defensive side of the football. He's been great at that defensive end. Last year, he earned some postseason awards as uh, a defensive end. Again, a kid that's really not that big. I mean, he's probably close to six feet tall, 5'11", anyway, the way you look at it. Uh, and he's thick. Uh, he has a high motor. Uh, you know, he, he, he gets after it on defense. And he's been a defensive standout in West Tennessee for the last two years. Had a lot of sacks last year. And people talk about his defensive prowess. And uh, that was the word that I was supposed to use this week. Got it in. So, you know, everybody gets a word that you're supposed to use during a week's time. And that was mine, prowess. Uh, But anyway, he has not been used that much in his career on offense. You know, this year he started out as that blocking back. And in the Mustangs offense, basically, the uh, blocking back uh, just blocks. You know, the Mustangs run that kind of hybrid double wing, if you want to put it that way. Well, it's really kind of the double wing that they used to run from the past, uh, but with a quarterback in the gun instead of under center. And... But they put that blocking back in there, kind of like behind the guard or kind of right behind the tackle. And if you run that direction, uh, just an extra blocker on the point of attack. And that's what Elijah Flowers started out doing in the first two scrimmages and in the jamboree. Well, in that opening game against McKenzie, you saw Elijah Flowers late in the second half or in the second half, started getting some touches on the football from the running back position. And he looked good against McKenzie running the football the few times that he ran it. Well, this past Friday night against Southside, uh, he got a lot more touches. He carried the ball 14 times, 136 yards on the ground for Elijah Flowers, and two touchdowns. So not only did Elijah Flowers have an outstanding game Friday night, defensively, as he pretty much does every game. He had an outstanding game on offense. And I I hope they continue to use that because you would think, and when you watch Elijah Flowers play from that running back position, it's interesting because uh, you look at him and you think he's a power back because he's got the build of a big running back. And he likes to run over people. And you've seen that in the time so far this season that he has carried the football, and that's running over people. 
And he he did that Friday night. But here's what I like about it. And one thing with the Mustangs, what they kind of like to do with their offense is they like to run what I call a stretch play. You know, when they uh, give it to a running back or a wing back, they stretch it toward the sidelines and let the running back have that vision or the ability to cut into running lanes. You know, and, of course, there's a lot of misdirection to the Mustangs offense. And, uh, you know, they do that double handoff and they do double wings, and a lot of it is misdirection, try to confuse you. But sometimes it's just to give the run – running back a wide berth and let him pick his running lanes. Well, Elijah Flowers did a great job at that Friday night. He he can find the running lanes. He knows how to cut uh, into those running lanes. And when you've got a running back that can do that, uh, he's going to gain some big yards. He had had a uh, couple of times uh, Friday night to where he came up with some big plays uh, from, from that running back position. I know when in the first half, he had, uh, uh, for example, he had one 56-yard run that set up the first touchdown of the game for the Mustangs. Now, the Mustangs started out a little slow Friday night. So we'll kind of get into the game a little bit, and then we'll go back to some individual performances because there's a couple more that I want to mention, and we may just kind of mention them as we go along. But the Mustangs are first possession of the game. Uh they moved the ball down the field after a Southside punt to start the game. And they got to the 10-yard line of Southside. And then they had uh, a penalty that set them back five yards. Then they had a loss of two, a loss of eight, tried two passes on third and fourth down, didn't complete either one of them, and ended up turning the ball over on downs. They got the ball back from Southside. Uh, this time they got it at Southside 49 on their second position. Uh, gained six yards, nine yards, four, one, minus one, minus two, turned the ball over on downs. They had gotten uh, to the 29 of Southside was their deepest penetration to this point on that drive. So first two drives, moved the football, uh, especially on that first drive. Had great field position on the second drive. Do not score. You kind of get a little worried here. Uh, Mustangs, young football teams I mentioned. And coming off a loss to your rival and a team that you beat 44-13 to 13 last year, although they're a 3A school, you know, and that don't – I don't know how much that really plays into it anymore in West Tennessee uh, because McKenzie beat Chester County this past week. Chester County's a 4A school – McKenzie's a 1A. So, I, you know, I think if you've got a quality football team, it's not going to matter uh, what the classifications are when two teams meet in a football field in West Tennessee. But so Mustangs, you know, may be a little concerned here. They're, they're, they're stuttering. Well, they get the football back at their own 31, and this is where Elijah Flowers uh, took over or put the Mustangs in position uh, to score. You know, that first drive – uh, I go back and look, he had one run of seven yards in that very first drive. Only carried the ball twice in that first drive. Uh, didn't gain any on that first carry. Uh, second drive, he gained uh, six yards on one carry. So at this point, he's got three carries, uh, 15 yards on this drive. 
second down or second play of this drive. He goes 56 yards to the south side six-yard line. And two plays later, or he gets to the ball at the eight-yard line, I'm sorry. Two plays later, he scores from the six-yard line for his first touchdown of the game. Mustangs lead seven to nothing. Mustangs get the ball back, and uh, they get it back with a little over a minute left in the first half. After Jax Bennett makes a great interception uh, for the Mustangs, uh, and it's tackled at the Mustang 32, so they got 68 yards. But on that interception by Bennett, he steps in front of a receiver. You know, he, he smells the pass coming out in the flat, steps in front of a receiver, intercepts the pass. And with the Mustangs offense, be honest with you, I always do this on this podcast, and I'll continue to do this as long as I'm doing this podcast. You got to tell it like it is, perfectly honest. But Mustangs are not geared for two-minute offense because they don't throw the football that much. And when they do throw it, it's not deep passes. So they're geared to run the football. That's why Huntington's always played. Had this conversation Saturday with somebody. You know, somebody said, well, with Huntington's offense, they always run the football. But they've been running the football since the beginning of time. They ran the football uh, 95% of the time when I played 40, almost 50 years ago. So that's nothing new. That's the way we play football, ain't it? But with two less than two minutes left to go in the half, that's not an offense geared to put the ball in the end zone when you got 68 yards covered. Well, guess what? They covered it. But, uh, and they did it by throwing the football. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but, it was all set up, and they used their timeouts. Okay, give Coach Swenson a lot of credit right here because they used their timeouts perfectly because they only gained one yard on first down. With thirty, with 68 yards to go to pay dirt, you gained one yard. You know, it's getting close to under a minute, or they've got about a minute and 38, I think, is what they had the ball uh, to start that drive with. So, you know, that's eating up time. Well, they hurry back to the line of scrimmage. And then on the next play, Elijah Flowers uh, gains 24. So now they're in south side territory. Incomplete pass. Stops the clock. Uh, Skippy Gordon runs for two yards. Timeout. Then they pass for 26 yards over the middle to Gordon. Right down the seam. Catches the ball for 26 yards. Gets the ball to the 15-yard line. They call timeout again. So now they're out of timeouts for the half. Well, Gray Eubanks gains 11 yards to the four-yard line of Southside. Then he is sacked for three yards because no timeouts. He's trying to throw the ball, scrambling around a little bit, gets tackled for a loss of three. Uh, all the way back, uh, well, it's more than a loss of three because it's all the way back to the 11-yard line. So loss of seven here. And on the last play of the half, Gray Eubanks rolls to his right, off his back foot, under pressure, throws the ball toward the back of the end zone, and C.J. Pelinero catches the ball for an 11-yard touchdown scoring strike. And now it's 13 to nothing at the half. That was the last play of the half. And before we get into kind of recapping what happened in the second half, let's talk about C.J. a minute. Here's another player that is a senior. 
Uh, last year, CJ, from his linebacking position, led the Mustangs in tackles. Uh, a player that is not that big, he's taller than I am, but then so is 95% of the world's population. But he probably don't weigh as much as I do. He probably weighs 150 pounds. But boy, he has a nose for the football. He he plays that linebacker's position as it was meant to be played. He will he will fight his way around. He will get to the football. He will make tackles when he gets there. But he's never been used that much on offense. Well, this year they are playing in both ways. Tight end and Friday night against Southside, he caught three passes for uh, 26 yards. I think that's what it was. Let me look, go back and look. 27 yards. But one of those was a touchdown. His first catch of the game came when the Mustangs needed a first down on that opening drive that ended up stalling. So here's a kid now that you talk about a youth, youthful football team, and they are. But Friday night against Southside, two seniors stepped up. Elijah Flowers and C.J. Palinero had great games. And the second half, Mustangs on their first possession almost messed up. Well, their first position because they they had won the opening toss, and it was crucial because as I mentioned earlier, hey, here's a Mustang team that you know is young and uh, they're struggling in their opening part of the game. You know, having trouble getting going might be the better word to put that. And uh, they're only up now, thirteen to nothing at the half, and they get the opening half kickoff after deferring the kickoff to the second half, and. They fumble the opening kickoff of the second half. Southside gets the ball at the 13-yard line of the Mustangs. And, oh, no, you know, right here's a chance for Southside to make a, a game of this. Well, they lose a yard on first down. And then a bad snap, and the quarterback gets sacked for a loss of nine on second down. Then there was a five-yard penalty against Southside. Incomplete pass, run for three yards, and the ball goes over on downs. The Mustang has the ball at the 25-yard line their own 25. Well, they go that 25 yards in nine plays or 75 yards in nine plays. And Gray Eubank scores on a six-yard run. Now it's 19 to nothing as they tried for a two-point conversion because they missed the extra point, had a bad snap on the second touchdown. And they try and get those points back. And uh, it's 19 to nothing. Well, they force a punt, get the ball back. Again, here Gray Eubanks on first down as they start at their own 30, goes 68 yards to the south side two. And then because he's tired, probably he hands it to Skippy Gordon, who gets two yards and touchdown. Now the Mustangs are up 27 to zero. And by the way, Skippy Gordon in that game had a great game also. Eight carries, 81 yards, one catch for 26. So another weapon. And uh, another senior. Another little senior leadership. But... Uh, Mustangs lead 27 to nothing. Southside tries to make a game of it. Uh, Noah Green, their quarterback, left-handed, kind of got a funky arm slot by throwing the football, but he completed two possessions in a row, completed a pass for 65 yards to Chucky Stokes, who was kind of a thick receiver, uh, but he was fast. And he just threw the ball like a slant over the middle. Uh, Stokes catches it and outruns everybody to to the end zone. 27-7 is now the score. Well, Southside gets it back after the Mustangs fumble 
And again, Green hooks up with Stokes on first down, this time for 71 yards in a first down. Extra point blocked by Skippy Gordon. And 27-13. Now Southside starting to make a game of it. As we've still got 9-29 uh, left to go in the football game. They're only down two scores. Well, the Mustangs come right back, move the ball, go uh, 62 yards in eight plays, score on a 18-yard run by Brady Warbritton, who had two carries for 22 yards in the football game. Then they get the ball back, and Elijah Flowers, uh, excuse yeah, Elijah Flowers caps the scoring for the night with a 14-yard uh, run. Mustangs win 41-13. By the way, Cole Chafin made three extra points in the game, was perfect. Uh, in extra points, uh, although the second one was unsuccessful, but the snap was either dropped or it was a little low. The holder couldn't uh, get it on the tee for him, so that doesn't count as a missed extra point as he missed his first two against McKenzie, but he made all three of them that he attempted Friday night against uh, Southside. So the Mustangs, uh, a great game back in their winning ways, now one and one for the season. Uh, they go back into play this Friday night, or excuse me, Thursday night. I keep saying that because I'm used to them playing on Friday night. Well, they play Thursday night at Paul Ward Stadium against the Camden Lions. That is a region contest. So that's where the real season starts. Coach Mansfield used to say that all the time. Uh, those first two games, uh, they're just, you know, if you want to put it this way, they're practice. Because the game you have to win if you're going to make the playoffs, if you're going to try to get a run through the playoffs, and you got to get in the playoffs before you can win a state championship. And that is simply to win your region games. So Camden, region game. Uh, the region, my opinion, is uh, up in the air this year. Westview has lost their first two games. Uh, Union City may be the team that we have to beat this year for that uh, region title. Of course, you got Houston County, Gibson County, uh, Camden, Union City, Martin, Westview. Uh, those are going to be your region uh, contest later on. But we'll get off to all that later. But Mustangs play this Thursday night at Paul Ward Stadium. And then next week, uh, Riverside comes to town. But let's transition real quickly uh, because we've got about three or four minutes left in this podcast. The Mustangs, uh, middle school Mustangs, one last Friday night, or excuse me, last Thursday night over the uh, Camden Lions at Camden to go 3-0 and on a season as uh, Kenton Smith continues to be a star for that middle school football team. 14 carries, 158 yards. Uh, Colin Turner had three carries Friday night, or Thursday night, and he had 127 yards, scored two touchdowns as Colin had a, a one long touchdown run. I think it's 71 yards or so. Uh, that he scored touchdown. Uh, but out of the 284 yards that the Mustangs had Friday night or Thursday night against Camden, the middle school Mustangs, uh, Smith and Turner uh, together had uh, 285 yards. <laughs> we, of course, only 284, and I know you're thinking, oh, that math don't add up. But, you know, there's lost yardage and stuff in there by other players and stuff. But, uh, you know, good night for the middle school Mustangs. And, by the way, uh, that Mustang backfield is pretty solid. Kent Smith getting most of the carries. But Colin Turner, Zayden Conley, 
and Lucas Smith. Those are four names you need to remember because the high school level, level, I think they're going to be great football players. But they're going to be a key uh, to tonight's game, and this is Tuesday, April the, I mean August the thirtieth. Mustangs play tonight at Paul Ward Stadium against Martin Martin Middle School. Martin Middle School has a seventh grader at quarterback. A name I can't think of his first name. I think it starts with a G, but don't hold me to that because I did PA last year for the Youth Football League Championship game. Uh, Hayes Eubanks was the quarterback for Huntington, and for Martin was Ty Simpson's younger brother. He was a sixth grader last year, and I saw Coach Swenson last night at the soccer game. By the way, the soccer team off to an undefeated start as is the volleyball girls, 8-0 for the volleyball, I think 4-0 now or 5-0 for soccer team. Uh, girls doing good. But this kid can spin it, as Coach Swinson said last night when I saw him. And that's going to be an entertaining game. So that Mustang backfield of uh, Smith, Smith, Conley, and Turner, like a law firm. If they can keep the ball away from the Simpson kid, and trust me, he could be as good, if not better, than his older brother, Ty, and he's only a seventh grader. But you want to watch some exciting football? Tomorrow night or tonight would be a good time to do that. Of course, come out Thursday night, watch your Huntington Mustangs play, and, uh, uh, you know, hey, if you uh, get a chance to listen today or between now and Thursday, tell your friends about this podcast. You know, it's not the best in the world, but it could be. It's not the worst either. So, uh, until then, we'll see you next week with another episode of the Beating Around the Bush podcast.